The views and opinions discussed on Exposure are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Impact 89FM. WDBM East Lansing. Hello, and welcome to Exposure on Impact 89FM, the show where we talk to members of organizations at Michigan State University, as well as nonprofit organizations in the East Lansing area. And now, this week's Exposure. Hello, and welcome to Exposure. I'm your host, Connie Rabani, and today I'm interviewing with Jesse Beal from the LGBT Resource Center at MSU. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes, yeah, so can I have you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Jesse Beal. I'm the director of the LBGT Resource Center, all things that you've already said. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I've been at MSU uh, since May 7th of last year, so I'm just about at my one-year anniversary. Well, congratulations. So what can you tell me Thank about you. the LGBT Resource Center? What is it? So we are a student-facing resource for LGBTQ students across campus, but really for everybody, right? So all of our programs, all of our workshops and trainings are for all members of the Spartan community. And our whole job is celebrating, empowering, and affirming LGBTQA plus Spartans and working to create a more inclusive campus for all of us to live on. Perfect. So what sort of impact has this had on those that are involved? That's a really good question. I think the thing that I'm the most proud of that we do is we build community. Right. And so we make sure that LGBTQA plus students have spaces on campus where they feel fully welcomed and accepted for exactly who they are. And so some of that is through our programming. Right. Some of that is through advocacy work. Um, and some of that is really just through, you know, having a student drop in center where anyone can come in while we're open when we're actually on campus and grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and throw their bag down and take a nap on the couch or read a book or watch endless streams of YouTube videos, right? Um, so a lot of what we do is really just around making sure that people have a home base. And if that's making your classroom safer, great. And if that's just giving you a place where you can just be who you truly are and watch a lot of YouTube videos and eat a lot of snacks, then great, we do that work too. So what sort of specifics are you doing to achieve that more inclusive goal for the campus? Sure. Uh, so many, many, many different things. So a lot of what we do is based on what students have asked for us to do. So a lot of the advocacy work that I'm responsible for on campus is based in what better practices are in higher education around LGBTQA plus inclusion, but also based on student feedback from one-on-one -on -one interviews, uh, meetings with registered student organizations, but also we hosted a series of listening circles in the fall semester uh, to hear from LGBTQA plus students about what they needed from the Resource Center, uh, how MSU could be more welcoming and inclusive for them, and we've been trying to operationalize some of the feedback that we've got. So we've been asking for things like, you know, a new gender inclusive housing policy, right? Um, we've been asking for things like more gender inclusive or all gender restrooms, um, working to ensure that the new student information system actually captures gender identity, right? Which it currently only captures legal gender or birth assigned sex, right? Um, so lots of different things. Some of it is around community education too. 
So a lot of the work we do is in trainings and workshops to ensure that faculty and staff have the skills that they need to fully support LGBTQIA plus community members. And so that can be things like, you know, understanding about pronouns and ensuring that you're using the right name for folks instead of just using the name that's on your course roster. So we skill build and we build community. In what ways can someone get involved with the LGBT Resource Center? Besides stopping by once we're back online and taking all of the coffee and watching all of the YouTube videos, um, there's a lot of clubs that are affiliated with our center, right? And so I think we have, depending on the year, between 15 and 18 different active registered student organizations, including the caucuses. And those are divided based on, you know, affinity. So there's a group for ace and arrow students and a group for transgender and non-binary students. There's five caucuses, right? Um, so folks can choose how they want to engage with the groups. And those groups work really closely with us. Like they co-plan our larger events, right? So we work, for example, on a Transgender Day of Remembrance and Trans Day of Visibility with TransAction, which is our transgender student organization, right? So that's a really easy way for folks to get involved. For new students who are gonna be joining MSU in the fall, we run a program called New to You, which is a six week program that's all about how to navigate MSU as a queer or trans person. And so it's stuff like, you know, how do you go figure out the library, right? Or how do you make friends or what student organizations are out there, but you're doing it with a bunch of other LGBTQ students at the same time, which is super great. Uh, we also do five different welcome programs and we celebrate all of the history and heritage months and every single day you can imagine from national coming out day to we did denim day just a couple days ago. How have you seen this benefiting people the most? Is it individually? Or is it communal? Oh, so good. I think it's both at the same time, right? Because we want people as individuals to feel empowered and like they belong at MSU, but we also want the culture of MSU to be welcoming and affirming. And so I think our work is happening both with each individual student, but also with the work we do to shift the culture. How about you? How has being at the Resource Center impacted you? So I've I'm, I'm been here for just about a year. I will say that I've really loved my time at MSU. I have some of the best students on earth and some of the best colleagues and uh, partners that any practitioner could ask for. I think part of that has to do with MSU's commitment to research and excellence. Part of it has to do with the fact that we have an awesome HALE program here. So this is a campus that cares a lot about student affairs. And our office is a part of the Division of Student Affairs and Services. So I have to say, like this has been a really awesome professional experience for me. In a personal way, I feel really inspired by our student leaders. I've found that MSU student leaders are dedicated and committed and willing to do the hard work to make a campus better that they may not actually get to see during their time with us, right? So a lot of our students really are focusing on creating an MSU better than the way they found it. Right? And not that MSU is bad, MSU is amazing, but like there are ways in which our LGBTQ students would like it to change to be a little more amazing. And they're doing it for the people who come after them. And I think that service mindset, that goal of, you know, creating a better world than the way you found it is just really unique to MSU. And I'm so glad to be able to be a part of it. Now I'm gonna go in a similar, but a bit of a different direction. What got you involved or what inspired you to get involved? Yay, I love answering questions like this. So um, 
I feel like I started my career in student affairs and services when I was an undergraduate student, right? Because I think a lot of us, when we go to college, we don't know that there's this entire field called student affairs, right? Why would we? And then we get there and we're like, oh, these professionals who are like caring for me and making sure that I have what I need, whether that's in housing or in orientation or in the LBGT center, right? Um, that's a whole profession that I could, you know, pursue. And so when I was a student, I, and I was a non-traditional student, I got started a little bit later. Um, I was at UT Austin, which is a very similar institution to MSU as far as size goes, right? Um, and I did an internship in the equivalent of the LBGT Resource Center, which is the Gender and Sexuality Center. And it was through that experience and then being a peer educator with uh, the amazing, incredible Shane Wally, who's one of my mentors, and it was the education coordinator at the Gender Sexuality Center back when I was an undergraduate student there. It was those experiences that really made me passionate about student development. And so I eventually, you know, got a job after getting a graduate degree and doing work in rape crisis and domestic violence prevention for a few years. I got a job in a resource center, right, and have worked at several different institutions doing work related to diversity, equity, and inclusion in student affairs. So working in multicultural centers, women's and gender centers, and LGBTQ centers. And that's been the best part of my whole career. So yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. Is there any specific experience you want to speak on that stands out to you? Yeah, I think my relationship with Shane Wally is important. I think it's really important to find mentors. Um, who share your identities. And as a person who identifies as non-binary and genderqueer, there were not a lot of adults older than me who shared my identities, right? And Shane was the person who's about, you know, 20 years older than I am, right? Um, and identified as genderqueer and used he, here, here's pronouns. And it gave me a possibility of a way that I could be in the world. And that's what's one of the things that's so incredibly important for our LGBTQ students and our LGBTQ youth in general um, is making sure they have possibility models, which is a term that I believe Laverne Cox came up with, right? Um, because most of our families aren't LGBTQ identified. Some of them are, but most not. And so when we're thinking about who our heroes are and how we get to be and possibilities for how we get to live, we often don't have these people to model our lives after or to dream into, right? And so I was really lucky. So a part of why I do the work that I do is because I had an amazing experience in undergrad, right, around my sexuality and my gender. I was completely taken care of and loved and affirmed and, you know, tr treated with respect. And so I want to make sure that all LGBTQ students have that. And that, for me, is really inspiring work. I want to give back because of how good I had it. You're listening to WDBM East Lansing. I'm Connie Rabani, your host of Exposure. Today, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Jesse Beal, the director of the LGBT Resource Center at MSU. So Pride Month ends today, which is April 30th. Tell me what Pride Month is all about, what normally goes on, and if any of this has changed since the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. So Pride Month, for those of you playing at home, is usually in June, right? It commemorates the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. We celebrated the 50th anniversary of Pride last year. Right. Uh, but on college campuses, since we're usually not in regular session, we usually host Pride Month 
in April. Um, and this month, this year was a little different, unfortunately. I'm really lucky to have such an incredible staff team. We have, in addition to myself, we have an assistant director, Oprah, and our coordinator, Morgan, who helped us basically translate a lot of our programming and support services online with very little notice. When the campus went to online delivery of classes, that also meant that a lot of support services went online too, and that was us included. Um, so usually what Pride Month looks like is a big celebration. The whole goal of Pride Month is an opportunity for us to celebrate and affirm our community, to be truly who we are, and to be proud when so many people in the world don't think we should be, right? And so this is an opportunity for us to band together as a community and just party, right? To be together, have a good time, be in community, right? I care a lot about Pride Month. It's a really important cap to the year for us. We have a lot of really important moments that happen. Um, of course, Pride Prom is one of them, which was canceled this year uh, because we were no longer on campus. And we also have a Pride Month opener and tons of events and speakers, um, none of which were able to happen in the way that we'd originally imagined. But we did move some programs online, some services online, and created some new stuff that made a little bit more sense given the digital media. So we continued with the heart of pride, which is building community, being together and celebrating, right? So we certainly did those things. So we did Instagram live cooking shows with community members, uh, former students and friends of the center, right? Which was so much fun because it was people inviting us into their homes, telling us about their lives and sharing food, which is so important, right? It's such a hallmark of like what it means to be in community with one another. We also had a program called Pride Chats, which was a weekly Zoom call where we invited uh, community activists from around the Lansing area to come and talk about the difference that they're making in Lansing and East Lansing around all different types of injustice. But all the folks we invited were, of course, LGBTQA plus identified. Um, and then, you know, we did all the support stuff. Like we hosted weekly office hours. We held uh, our Meeting of the Minds program, which is a planning program so we can decide what we're gonna do next year for programming, right? And we just made ourselves as available to students as we can. In addition to all of this, we created a bulletin board on an app called Padlet that allowed us to basically create a visual representation of pride with our students. So, Folks added stuff, whether it was pictures of pets or articles or events that they liked or tips or information about something related to Pride all month long. And it was an opportunity for us to have a shared Pride experience, although we are spread all over the country. Our theme for Pride this year is a little cheesy, but it is deeply connected at any distance. It, I know, I know. It, that's entirely my fault. And it's also true, right? Because we are deeply connected and we wanted to hold on to that. So I'll take all of the uh, negative feedback on having a too cheesy title. The last event that I want to talk about really briefly is Lavender Reception, which is our annual honoring of LGBTQA plus graduates. And that event is probably our most important event of the year. It's near and dear to my heart. And I actually cried when we had to take it online and not have it be a part of our in-person programming because for so many of our LGBTQA plus graduates, this is the only commencement related activity that they actually get to, you know, use the name that they use, right? Or wear the clothes that make them feel like the person that they truly are, right? Because commencement so often is about family. And for a lot of our students, they don't get to be who they fully are with their families. 
So we did it anyway. And I think we ended up with something really beautiful. Um, there was only 10 graduates who participated, but they got a, a rainbow honor cords and tassels, a beautiful lavender button, a certificate, a social media campaign honoring them with their beautiful faces and years and quotes and all sorts of things. And the ceremony was really lovely. It involved a student speaker, a keynote, some words from me and lots and lots of faculty and staff and community members cheering over a very large Zoom call. So it was really lovely. It was just different than it, we had wanted it to be, but we still celebrated them. And I think that's the important part. And I think that's really amazing that you were able to overcome the struggles that this pandemic has put in front of us and make it something really special for everyone involved. Thank you for that, I appreciate it. Is there anything that the center is doing currently that you'd like to share? I know we kind of spoke on it being the end of Pride Month, but is there anything yeah. else? Yeah, so I think something that's important for folks to know is like we're always doing the advocacy and the education work. So we're doing workshops and trainings right now. Um, if there's departments out there that would like to do a little bit of professional development work, they can always reach out to me. And we're here, we're here to help on your diversity and inclusion projects as they're related to LGBTQA plus identity. And we're still doing the work of supporting students. You know, when we went remote, we actually saw an uptick in the number of students who were reaching out to our centers and wanting to talk to us one-on-one. -on -one. A lot of that has to do with the fact that students are home with families who may not be super accepting. And we're happy to be that resource. And of course, we're referring folks out to the appropriate counseling services or to what, wherever is the best place to serve them and their needs. But we're still doing that work. So if there's students out there, regardless of if we're on summer break, doesn't matter, right? We work all year round and we're here for students and if that's just hey you need to talk to somebody or you need a resource i just want to be sure that folks know we have office hours and you can reach out to anyone on the staff and we'll get back to you and make sure um, that you get the resources that you need and i know it's a bit of a stretch looking forward with all the uncertainty <laughs> and stuff but is there anything that you have to look forward to at this time yeah i mean whatever happens we're still Spartans. We're still in this together. And we still are going to have an amazing class of new students joining us in fall. And so whatever that looks like, we have to ensure that they are welcomed to MSU. And for our LGBTQA plus students, it is of vital importance that they are able to see their community and be in community with beautiful LGBTQA plus Spartans from all over campus. So I don't know what it's going to be like, to be quite honest. Right? I honestly don't know, but I know that we're dedicated to finding a way to making sure students get connected to the clubs and organizations that are going to support them, that our new students actually have the things that they need. And we're going to do programs. Like if it's on Zoom, great. If an audience is capped to a certain number of people, fantastic. We're going to figure it out because it is too important for us not to find a way to make sure that all students at this university have the things they need in order to be successful. And that includes our queer and trans students. And we spoke briefly over email before this interview. Yeah. You talked about the Quest, our LGBTQA+, oh, yeah. workshop curriculum. What can you tell me about that? That's so great. I love that I sent you an email with that and then I completely forgot to talk about it. I love it. So we introduced a new um, core curriculum for the LBDTRC in fall of last year, and it is designed to be a modular workshop series so that folks can, can engage with 
the learning about LGBTQA plus identity throughout their entire time at MSU, whether they're students or faculty and staff, whether they're with us for two years or they're with us for 40, right? We want people to continue to grow because we know that a single training doesn't give you the whole world of what it means to be supportive of LGBTQ identity. And LGBTQA plus identity is changing all of the time, right? And so it's important that folks keep re-engaging with the work. And so Quest One is an intro training that we offer all of the time. We're gonna be offering it in the fall online, which is really exciting, right? But in the intervening time over summer, we will be opening up some Zoom workshops to do the Quest workshop. Um, so if folks are interested, please reach out to me. I'm really happy to make a workshop happen for you. Now, is this something new? Has this been done before? So we had a training previously called Quill, which was Queer Inclusive Leadership and Learning that was similar. Um, it wasn't a bad training at all. It was really great. We just needed an update because, again, LGBTQ identity shifts and changes. The language moves so quickly. And we wanted to take a slightly different approach where our program is no longer like a certification program where you get like a checkbox and a gold star and a cookie and you know it's now it's a program that you're supposed to continue with that's why it's called quest right we wanted to emphasize the journey it takes to be an ally right which means being a part of the work in perpetuity. And also we're all nerds. Everyone who works in the center is a little bit of a nerd. So we liked Quest as a name because it reminded us of Zelda. But, you know, I mean, it's also good. It's all, it looks like queer, we like it. Um, so it's similar, but not the same as. And the main difference I would say is that it's modular and it has more levels to it, right? And so it's got Quest 1, Quest 2, Quest Teams. And then there's a bunch of topics workshops, including introduction to pronouns, right? Which is its own hour and a half long workshop and a whole introduction to trans and non-binary identities. And we'll be adding more and more workshops as time goes by so that folks can actually continue to grow over their time with MSU. So we're excited about it, you know, but again, we're nerds. So there you are. Now, thinking back on the experiences you've had with the Resource Center, if you could describe it all in one word, what would it be and why? I'm a little cheesy, but I would say magical, right? Like part of what we do is we make things feel magical when a lot of folks don't think they should. So whether it's, you know, doing drag queen story hour and bringing so much joy to the students, the faculty, the staff, and their children who attended, we bring magic to that, right? Whether it's honoring our students in the middle of a pandemic during Lavender Reception, we make magic. And, you know, we just, we bring joy. And so for me, I think that would be the one very ridiculously cheesy word I would use to describe my experience at the Resource Center. <laughs> and if there's anyone listening to this right now that is interested or could benefit from this, what would you say to them? Yeah, so easy things. Follow us on social media. That's the best way to get the most up-to-date information about what we're doing, right? Um, you can always reach out to us by email. Go to the center website, lbgtrc.msu.edu, right? Um, so I think that's the two easiest ways to get to us. It has all of our contact, our website has all of our contact information and photos of us and information about e what each of our roles is so you get to the right person. Um, but yeah, I think that's great.
easy stuff. You can also just reach out to me and we'll figure out a way to plug you in somehow, whether that's working for the center or volunteering or just hanging out and being a part of the community. Now, is there anything else that you would like to add that I might not have asked you about? I don't think so. I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you about the center and about Pride Month. I'm excited uh, to get to celebrate Pride again in June, but this way with the rest of the world instead of just with campus. So that's all. Yeah, and thank you for interviewing with me and being available. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tony. This has been this week's edition of Exposure on Impact 89FM. If you missed anything, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org, where you can find our weekly Exposure podcast. If you would like to come visit us and talk about your respected organization at MSU or a nonprofit organization in the East Lansing area, feel free to contact us, again, on our website at impact89fm.org. Thanks for listening to Exposure on Impact 89FM.